Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Hello, tourpreneurs. Today on the podcast, we have Charles Odom of Painted Circle. And I'm really been looking forward to this because I'm not fully understanding what Painted Circle is. I have read about it. I have looked into it, but I don't fully understand it. So today, about Charles, the founder of Painted Circle Along, and I'm sure he's going to explain more. So Charles, first of all, could we give a bit of an intro about you and your background and, and how you got to where you are at the moment? Absolutely. First, Pete, thanks so much for inviting me to come on and explain about Painted Circle. Um, so as mentioned, I am Charles. Previously, I was one of the directors with Fat Tire Tours in Berlin. And now I'm working on the Painted Circle platform, which is a new venture that I'm super excited about. Um, as far as my background, uh, man, I go back and travel until I believe I was two years old was my first adventure first time on a plane so there's been a lifetime of of travel and i always tell people that i was the i was the child of a happily divorced family <laughs> so my parents kind of embarked on this unofficial competition to see who could you know supply us with the most elaborate adventure the, the best vacation and so we got to do some amazing travels when i was a kid um, that taught me some important lessons. And, you know, first there's that cliche thing about the love of travel. Um, but more than that, it was this idea that we could replace fear of the unknown with a sense of adventure um, and how we could prioritize travel, that it was super important, something worth making sacrifices for. So that's really led me into a career in travel. I'm going on 14 years now working in the industry. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about my experience and also what I see next with Painted Circle. Cool. Sounds great. Sounds like you've been on the road since a very young age. Absolutely. <laughs> so Painted Circle, sort of unique name, unusual name for a, a travel company. I'm sure there was some thought gone into the name. What was the thought behind the Painted Circle name and what is Painted Circle? Yeah, well, I'd love to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Um, the simplest way to describe what I'm building with Painted Circle is a travel platform that can function without commissions. And so I'm sure there's a, a rabbit hole that we can go down there about how the business model can work. Uh, it's quite a departure from the way that traditional resellers and OTAs are structured. Um, the concept of Painted Circle is about collaboration. It's about the diversity of the experiences that we want to supply people in the travel um, marketplace. 
And so this idea of the painted circle is what is it that we are creating um, as far as unique experiences? How do we, through our own lives, uh, create those experiences that we can share with others? And how do we circle up? You know, how do we make a, a travel ecosystem that invites many different stakeholders to be collaborators, travel businesses, travelers, communities, nonprofits, people who are promoters of travel? How can we bring everyone together into a business model that can function without those traditional commissions and create inroads into other parts of, of communities on a local level? So, so that sounds to me coming from a hard-nosed Scottish business background where I nail every margin to the, the half a percent or less operating outside a commission model can we dig a little bit deeper into that because it's obviously to our, our listeners listen to this that ears will prick up when they hear oh a platform that i don't pay commissions on but they're also realists and i'm sure a realist. <laughs> and someone needs to be earning somewhere so can we can we unpack how the painted circle business model is going to work yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to preface it by saying that I think that traditional OTAs and resellers have a very important role to play in the travel marketplace. And having worked with Fat Tire Tours in several different roles there um, over more than a decade, including working on partner relations with resellers, I think OTAs are really important. And I would never advocate for a travel business to not work with a travel agency, an OTA, unless there's something very specific that, that you can't work with. But I think that there's room now in our market and there's a real need for some evolution with how the business model can work. So not a reinvention of the wheel, but there needs to be some steps towards what I would view as a more ethical approach to connecting travelers with experiences. And so when we look at all the different ways that travel businesses can get the word out about what they're doing, there's always some cost to, to pay. You're always giving up some amount of either financial uh, revenue, you're giving up some control, there, there's, there's a give and a take. So my goal with Painted Circle is to strike a balance that you know, goes back to my own experience as a tour operator and wishing that there was a platform that, that I would think strikes a better balance between these different opposing factors. With Painted Circle, the idea is to build a, a, a travel site that can be part of that discovery phase of the traveler journey that travelers can interact with for free. Businesses should be able to be present on that site to showcase what they offer also for free. There should be a way for travelers to then connect with those businesses directly to make bookings. Now to support the Painted Circle platform, we're inviting those companies that list their travel businesses on the site to include a special offer that is not a commission to me. It's an offer that goes to your guest. So that could be a discount. It could be a way for there to be an upgrade. It could be an additional product or service that you want to incentivize that customer to, to consider booking with you. In most cases, there can be a win-win situation. You know, when I look back at some of the things we did with Fat Tire, we had a stratification of products. So there was the entry level, cheaper product, and then there were our more premium tours that were day tours, food tours, Segway tours. 
um, those things that had a prior a higher price point, um, but also oftentimes had occupancy less than 100%. So it was in our business interest to try to incentivize a customer to step up and, and book a more expensive um, itinerary with us. And so by the platform of Painted Circle, we're going to give businesses a way to make that value proposition really clear through these uh, special offers that can be extended to guests. Painted Circle will keep those special offers into our membership package. So customers that are looking to explore a destination can use Painted Circle for free, or they can purchase a destination membership with us to then have access to the uh, promotional codes, to the booking links that will allow them to access those special offers. So instead of focusing on how do we extract a commission, we focus on how do we connect a customer with a better travel experience and with a better value. So if I understood that correct, Charles, your economic model, the painted circle economic model, is charging the customer end, not the supplier end. Is that correct. correct? Correct. I think it works better to give the traveler the choice. Um, a good analogy here would be folks that travel to a destination that has a like a, a city card or a city pass. And those people who feel that they're going to get more value out of experiencing a destination with the benefit of one of these paid passes uh, will purchase that. There are some limitations that I think come with those passes. You know, they're, they're oftentimes centered on very tight geographic areas. They, you know, kind of add on to this compression uh, situation that we have uh, in many downtown areas. Um, and also the timeframes are really limited. So there's some things that we can do differently. Um, so it, it's not a direct duplication of that kind of city pass. But the important thing is that we're giving the traveler the choice to say, you know what, I'm not going to get value out of buying a membership. I'm just going to go to Painted Circle, find some cool things to do, and then I'm going to book directly with that operator. Those travelers who are going to be spending a longer time in a destination or they're really enticed by the special offers that they would be able to access through Painted Circle will see the value in purchasing that. So that raises several questions in my head. In-destination pass-type bundle-type selling is predominantly driven by food offers and transport offers rather than tour offers because the average traveler or the average family purchases tours irregularly where they purchase transport and food every day. So is Painted Circle's bundle or pass for a destination going to include transport and food as well as tours or are you just fo fo focusing on tours? At this point, I'm focusing on just tours. Um, I, I think the crux of what we're trying to accomplish is more of the experience. Uh, those activities that are really um, kind of more of your, your experiential type um, activities that you're going to do in a destination. Now, that's not to say that the platform is closed to people who are offering culinary uh, venues or um, transport but it's not the main focus of what we're doing. The, the goal here is to help people who want to really jump into a destination and discover it to find more of those unique activities that they're going to do that are going to be really memorable activities. So, again, coming back to the need here, I'm, I'm trying to put myself 
in the customer shoes, not the supplier shoes, and I tend to lead being a supplier, obviously, but in the customer shoes, how are they going to find you in this hyper-competitive market? And you're basically going up against OTAs who spend a huge amount of money in destinations focused on the, the high-volume destinations. And if I'm understanding your model right, you're going to have to go to destinations with a lot of tours already in them to make the model make the model work. There's no point you chasing the long tail because that's not going to work. Uh, maybe eventually, but certainly not in the short term. That so you're going to end up in destinations the same place head to head with OTAs plus all the operators doing their own direct plus all the third party resellers. That screams to me a massive, massive marketing budget or something else that you you know that I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that there is some, there's a bit of trial and error here. Um, there's looking at some of the different trends that are coming out in travel with people being much more aware of what they're booking and how they're booking. What is the impact of the activity that they're doing? What's the impact of going to the place that they're visiting? Travelers are much more discerning. Um, and I don't know that traditional OTAs are really meeting them in that space. And so one of the goals of Painted Circle is, is to be there for that discerning traveler who wants to know about social impact from what they're doing, who wants to know about environmental impact of what they're doing. They want to know that they're spending their money at businesses that value inclusion. And more than just saying that, they want to know that the businesses are really operating in a way that supports inclusion amongst their, their guests and amongst their staff. And so Painted Circle provides a unique way for businesses to really speak to those, those topics directly to, to customers. That's something that will make it easier for travelers during the research phase of, of planning their adventure to really get to know businesses more and feel more confident in making that booking. Now, as far as getting the word out, um, yeah, this is this is a big challenge. You know, I I can't in any way compete from a budget standpoint with traditional OTAs, um, and, and I I don't think we need to. You know, I don't think the idea is to chase the same business model, uh, and it's not to try to replace OTAs. We likely will find a different set of of guest, a different set of traveler who is digging deeper into the experience that they're going to book and the experience that they're gonna wanna have um, on their trip. We're gonna see more digital nomads. We're gonna see people doing longer stays uh, in places and people are gonna really wanna research in, in some new ways how to connect with, with really great experiences, people who are running businesses that take things very personally. Now, one of the other big differences with Painted Circle is that we're inviting many different stakeholders to be part of this business model. And one of the things that we're doing is inviting nonprofits to also take part in tapping into the revenue that we would make from any sales of our online memberships. By doing that, we're gonna find ways to create revenue streams that can be um, funneled back to those nonprofits that they normally would not have. You know, there's so many people that are completely disconnected from tourism, that have no way of accessing the uplift that economic activity stimulated by tourism can create. 
And we're doing that. We're going to create a way for nonprofits who have members who care about uh, their vision, their mission, to be able to access Painted Circle, become our customer, connect to amazing experiences. And in the process, that's going to benefit that nonprofit. So there's several different ways that we are looking at going about promotion in a way that's focused on community rather than the traditional going head to head with AdWords, going head to head um, in all of these online spaces. If we're successful in doing that, we're going to create something that looks more like a very low to the ground community that has roots in each of its destinations, as opposed to a Goliath in the cloud, so to speak. So there's a very different vision of where we're going, um, a vision that's much less top heavy, um, much less intensive to maintain and much more community focused. So that again, raises some questions. During the pandemic, there was a lot of online talk on all the communities and LinkedIn and all of the media sets about doing tourism better. We all had lots of time because we were all shut down. We were all doing some introspective navel gazing. What had we done in business? What should we do when we get out of the pandemic? And there did seem to be a bit of a movement of doing tourism better and looking at what we hadn't particularly done well before and where things had been gone a bit wrong, with particularly in certain destinations around the world, we over tourism and uh, city centres more or less being taken over by by tourists and tourist assets to the detriment of the locals living there. And there was a lot of talk, a lot of quite a bit of research and quite a bit of work. Now during all that, I was a bit of an egghead and kept saying, the minute we get out out of this COVID thing, it's going to be a dash for cash. Everyone is so damaged that this good talk is going to be pushed to the side and everybody will be racing forward again to grab the cash to fix the balance sheets to let the company survive because survival always comes before doing good. Uh, it's just human nature. Now, as we've been released of COVID, not all destinations around the world, we have to keep uh, remembering this, that there's a lot of destinations still having an exceedingly bad time in tourism, 10%. 20% of 2019 numbers, but there's other destinations, many parts of the USA, many parts of Europe, who are exceeding 2019 numbers or matching 2019 numbers again. So the dash for cash in big destinations is, is certainly on. In my personal experience of the last several months, six months now of traveling about the world, is all of the good talk about doing good was good talk, but it hasn't really been put into action because everybody is just going back to the same ways they were doing before to get as many bookings in, to get that cash flow in, to address the debt uh, and to move forward for then. So I still see some talk and I still see some niche organisations and uh, some niche companies really doing well and doing good stuff, and doing really good work. But it is small. The, the big general tourism trends are back and going at 1,000 miles an hour trying to get back to where they where they are, where they were, sorry, in 2019 or, or beyond. And I just, I struggle with, unless we get some brands of size coming on to better tourism, I, I really struggle with the, the small guys, and I'm a small tour operator, was a small tour operator before I sold up. Can we really build from the bottom up 
in reasonable time to impact on tourism or and I'm I'm in the camp I'm about to say I think the only way this and I hate I'm, I hate what I'm about to say but I think the only way this gets dealt with is regulation I think destinations are the ones with the power I don't think tourism organizations are coordinated enough willing enough uh, to do this to have a global impact on scale but destinations have a carrot and destinations have a stick and to me if we're going to do tourism better I just see the destinations having to be the major players and the major leadership in this this movement going forward maybe that's where the destinations are lacking at the moment because their leadership in the past has always been focused on marketing the destination for obvious reasons Whereas today there's a strong argument that should be focused on managing the destination rather than marketing the destination. Do they have the leadership for managing versus marketing at this point? I don't know. You're also going to get destinations who buy into doing tourism better, start to actually lead, do it. Their numbers of tourism arrivals will drop because of that, because they'll control it. But then other destinations are going to see that as an opportunity and throw more marketing doors at grabbing these uh, these tourists. And that's a confusing landscape. I don't know how it's going to shape out at all. It's good that we're all having these discussions, but I still think it's a very messy ocean that we're in. And I still see the money winning at the moment, for sure. Uh, just what's your thoughts on that ramble I've just gone on about? <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can pick that apart <laughs> bit by bit. Um, you know, several things that you say really resonate with me um, with destination managers. I, I think that there's a real need for evolution yeah. in the traditional way that that's been approached. And that's not because something's been necessarily willfully overlooked on the part of destination managers. I think that the travel landscape has changed. The resources have changed. The technology has changed. Um, you know, the needs have changed. And as a result, I think that if we all kind of take a step back, we can look and see that destinations are not created all the same. So what works in one location is going to be very different from another. And the solutions are going to be very different as well. So I can put into comparison some of the businesses who have signed up already for Painted Circle. Um, we're getting a lot of traction in Finland. Um, Finland has a very developed uh, destination management program. They're very attuned to the needs of businesses, but also um, the greater environment, uh, sustainability. I mean, they're taking a lot of strides forward. Um, we've got another company that's looking to come online in Papua New Guinea. That's a place that has amazing uh, activities to do, but there's not a lot of cohesion or infrastructure. It's still a very difficult place um, to think about making some kind of travel platform, you know? And what's interesting is both of these destinations can learn from each other, you know, places that are both very advanced um, and have a lot of experience versus other places that are, you know, just starting to get into this concept of how are we going to manage a regenerative travel ecosystem in our destination? So I think there's a lot of, of, of learning still to be done um, and, and cross-pollination of that knowledge from, from one location to another. Um, the other thing is the talk of better travel. And 
I think it's super important, but at some point we have to take action. And, you know, I agree that the sea is still very choppy. I think about the the situation we're in kind of like the, the water sloshing in the bathtub and, you know, it kind of goes to one extreme and then another extreme and it takes time to actually um, come to a, a settled position. I think it's important for the conversation to continue so that we don't lose sight that better travel is so important. And there are some things that that we as operators or promoters or marketers, uh, innovators in the travel space, we should not lose sight of some things that have come up during the pandemic and that we're seeing now um, as people start to travel again that are problems. And I think that those problems are worth putting our energy and our effort to trying to fix. Even if the near term is restoring that balance sheet, getting customers back on seats, back in attractions, um, back to your business, we have to look at what is the long term. You know, let's let's not make that mistake of, you know, was it every few years we forget <laughs> what's happened before. Uh, and so we're destined to repeat the same mistakes over and over. Um, and there are some other things that I think have come out of the last few years about inclusion in travel that, again, there's so much talk, but not enough action that's out there. And these are things that are really important for us to, to really keep focus on, because if we don't tackle these problems, um, they equate to a huge missed opportunity for each and every person who's trying to forge out a living in travel. So going back to your business model, Ian, this strikes me as something that when I'm speaking to people building businesses, I always try to put myself in your shoes. Uh, if I was building this, I'd want to really do it destination by destination and really prove the model mm -hmm. in a destination before I go off and open 10, 15, 20, 65 destinations. Because until you get a, a destination singing well in this model where one proving the market that there is a market of these customers who are caring more considerate considering the destination considering the community considering the experiences they're doing and the destination that's buying in it buying into it in a big enough scale until you've really proved that where painted circle itself is doing well with one destination it's, it seems to me this is a hard model to scale until you've really got a destination working well. And then if we relate back to an OTA model, an OTA model scales destination by destination. They're focusing on, the, they know the correct destinations before they start building. And even if a one destination doesn't do too well for them, it, it doesn't really matter because the, the way their marketing works and the way the, again, the data comes in tells them where to spend the marketing budget it's much more challenging for you because just because you get one destination working, it doesn't necessarily mean that the next destination, which could be a very similar or different destination, but it, it's not a given that that will work on the same model. And your model to find that out is a much slower, longer build, harder model to find that out rather than throwing 1.5 million at AdWords for a, a new city. To find out if that city's buying or not, uh, which is still a lot of wasted money if you're an OTA if it doesn't work, but you find out very very quickly, and you can rein back or you can uh, you can expand. Whereas your model is you're going in fully in to find out 
if that destination is going to is going to work for this model. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's no uh, illusion here that this is a difficult path to forge, and this comes from you know all these years of I, I would say all of us allowing traditional resellers to really dominate the space. There was actually a really interesting article that came from um, Douglas Quinby this week in their arrival newsletter about, you know, how important are OTAs? Because there's always the, the question of, do they own a huge market share? Do they not own a huge market share? There are all these different percentages that, that are flashed out there. Um, and it really is, you know, segmented. And so the, the important trend I think we see is that we are giving a lot of control to traditional um, resellers. That does not mean that there's not room for innovation. Um, and I believe strongly that there's a demand for, um, for from many sides for there to be innovation in this space. Again, not a reinvention of the wheel, but an evolution of, of how the online travel platform can be built from a traveler I want to see something different. I want to, I, I know that my money needs to go to the operator. I don't want to pay a sales commission in the process. I don't want to know that part of what I'm paying is going to pay a sales commission just because I booked on one website as opposed to another. From a business standpoint, um, it, you know, I think if, if someone looks just on the surface, they would say, oh, I don't want to pay the, the OTA commission you are getting something for that money. I mean, the OTAs are doing a tremendous amount of marketing. They're transacting the booking. They're, they're taking some of the, the liability from that booking. So, I mean, you, you are getting something. It's not an apples to apples comparison. Uh, if you were to say, look, let's remove the 25% commission. Uh, and now that all ends up in our pocket if we can make the sale on our own. I mean, it, there's a cost to, to getting the customer to come to you and, and book with you. But somewhere in the middle there is a huge opportunity for operators to take back some of that control, take back the whole booking experience from beginning to end, to really own that whole experience, to own your customer data, to be able to engage with that person after the experience. And so I think that there's a real need for us to structure things in a better way. And that is a really challenging uh thing to break into when we've kind of allowed one business model to dominate how we conceptualize working with a third-party reseller i think things need to be differently um, i think that's the best way for us to you know go back to something you're saying earlier you know it's about the money and we have to follow the money and at the end of the day you know i would ask a uh an operator you know if you could not pay the commission, run the numbers and see if you were to give a 10% discount to the customer, but they come and book directly with you. What is the opportunity that you create for your business? You know, what is actually the uplift on that transaction? You know, where does that money go? It could be a reinvestment for your business. It turns into higher wages. It turns into paying off startup costs. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that can be done if we look financially at how can we reduce a traditional commission down to something that's now value focused instead of extractive. That's going to play out differently for me in different locations. So 
while I'm going through the process of getting to that critical mass of um, activities in one particular destination, businesses who sign up for Painted Circle are visible. So this is not something that's being built behind closed doors. Um, it's being built in public. So we've had many businesses to already sign up. They are already visible on Painted Circle. Um, you know, they're already giving me tremendous amounts of feedback about ways that the Painted Circle platform can continue to grow and, and introduce some new features to further support what they are doing as tour operators. And all of that is important information for me. And that's allowing us to build something that really will become a resource rather than just another one of these resellers that you have to deal with. Um, the goal is to become a resource where you can say, oh, yes, we would be so excited for customers to find us through Painted Circle. And I would even as a tour operator want to promote Painted Circle because I know that we can get business this way and we can help grow a community of other operators that, that share this same ethos and value. One of the, as if you didn't have enough challenges, <laughs> one of the challenges I see there is, is the education of the consumer. So the consumer, particularly if we take in demographics and digital, the way the modern consumer purchases and buys, uh, and it, often travel is following trends. It's rare that we lead trends, particularly in a, a digital environment. We are normally a follower rather than a leader. So whole swathes of society are, are taught in a certain way to purchase online. Uh, and they, they don't understand the commission model. They don't understand how much they're pressing a buy now button on X site. They're just wanting their delivery of food or they're wanting their gadget they bought delivered. They don't really care where it, the business model behind it. They, they just want it and they want a good service. And that's how OTAs have been successful, particularly in the hotel space and the flight space, because they made it easy for the customer to purchase, whereas sometimes tour operators don't make it particularly easy for the customer to purchase. Now, I'm sure if we line up 100 customers face-to-face -face and say, do you realize if you're purchasing here, it's costing the operator 30% of the revenue doesn't go to the operator. A big chunk of these people would, oh, we didn't know that. We'd want to do it. But when they're at the point of purchase, they don't know. And they're just looking for the ease of purchase. They're, and that is increasing, not decreasing, because of the way digital is happening. So you may have a bit of the population who's looking to do tourism better and buying into destinations doing it better but at the same time we have the demographics of people being brought up living on an iphone pressing a button or speaking not even pressing a button any now send me the delivery and book the ticket and it defaults to the the easiest way of doing it that i see is the biggest challenge for not for painted circle for all operators as is making this as easy as possible for the customer to get the experience they're looking for because the one thing all the platforms do and the aggregators do is make it easy for the customer to book. It's as simple as that. They're good at it. They're, they're really good at making it easy for the customer to book. And we have to put our hands up as operators and say, we're not always making it easy for the customers to book. Yeah, there's a learning process there for operators, you know, and, and we certainly went through that as well with our booking process. Um, 
you know, trying to streamline that so that we were competitive and just as easy to use as uh, going through TripAdvisor or Get Your Guide uh, or any of the others. First and foremost, I want to be there for the travelers who are looking to travel better. You know, they are going to be the first adopters, the first people in a, a, a tribe of people who really care about the whole process of planning, booking, and experiencing a destination. It's a, it's a tougher nut to crack to reach people to change their booking habits. And so over time, that might be something that we are able to do. But that's not necessarily a hill that I'm going to get stuck on, if that makes sense. Um, you know, the design of Painted Circle is to be able to be financially successful without needing the, um, the, the massive um, upkeep of the traditional resellers, the constant injection of investment money to keep it going. Um, and as a result, we're, we're going to build it so that we're not reliant on just seeing the mass numbers coming through. It's more about quality of what we're building, uh, passion and purpose, um, and trying to align that with numbers that make sense so that we can survive, so that we can continue to grow the platform, and so that we can hopefully move the needle for those goals that we have of being able to kick back some of this money to communities uh, so that we can offset some of the negatives that we create through travel. There are also several of the sustainable development goals that come from the UN related to tourism that we think that we can start to move the needle on, on several of those goals um, just by adopting a different business model so that you have a similar experience from the customer side, a similar experience from the business side, um, but we actually create some benefit um, between these two bookends. And that will take time for us to reach more and more people. Um, but, you know, again, I think back to my experience working on bike tours, and it amazes me that even after giving an experience sometime, we had folks that said, oh, I went to Berlin and, you know, I did the Get Your Guide bike tour. You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. okay, wow. You know, the branding was so strong that, you know, someone really felt like this was, you know, a third party's experience. And so that's something that anyone's going to have to work on um, as far as how they're branding and marketing their product and how they're delivering it, how they're interacting with, with their guests. And at some point, that's part of the cost of working with an OTA. And just because you have some guests that, that walk away feeling that they were on a different product um, is, is not a reason to not work with that OTA because you do get a lot of benefits from them. Um, I hope, however, to diversify how you as a tour operator can connect with customers. Will it be the same volume of customers? Definitely not. Um, the goal is not to replace OTAs, but to be part of taking some of this talk of wanting better travel and actually moving the needle so that we actually start to do create better travel, you know, and stop feeling like we're trying to fight to survive in this environment, but, you know, let's become stewards of the environment. You know, let's, yeah. let's create the environment that we want to work in that we think can support each other, that can be sustainable. Um, and that, you know, we don't create a situation that, that we can't maintain. Uh, and that doesn't welcome more people to come in and and participate with the uplift uh, that we can create together. So a lot of the stuff you've been saying there is I come from a, an adventure travel background and all my businesses were related in some way to adventure travel. Uh, 
adventure travel for decades has been doing tourism better. Not always. We have failures as well, but comparing it to other sectors, uh, we go to remote destinations, communities, uh, a lot of the money gets spent in the community rather than extracted out of the community. So there's a lot of things that, as well as doing projects that help communities, putting in water, putting in sanitation, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of this is built around adventure travel in uh, challenging destinations. So a lot of the stuff you're talking about seems to me to be a natural fit with certain types of experiences. But that certain types of the experience will not allow you to develop a destination in the way that we were discussing earlier because there's only X number of operators in Mongolia and Mongolia is the size of Western Europe. It's not a country and people go there and do one experience or two experiences sure. in, the, in their life rather than in a weekend or in, mm -hmm. in a country trip. So there, there is a, a paradox there that a lot of this type of experiences that are really, really suited to your model are the ones that probably won't allow you to scale the model very quickly. And if you go after the sort of experiences that allow you to scale the model, it's going to be much harder to bring them online with, with this way of thinking. Is that a fair summary of that? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, all are valid observations. Um, we've actually gotten our first sign up from a business in Nepal yeah. that does multi-day tours. And, you know, looking at, at this example, it, it's it's a win-win because we're helping to get exposure for um, for this business, but at the same time, we're filling a gap that's hard for some of these folks to fit into on a traditional OTA model. You know, some of those models are quite rigid, and so when you do start to have multi-day experiences, many people that are involved with social enterprises as well are having a hard time taking what they offer and getting that to fit into the traditional OTA rubric. And so I do think that we're gonna have an interesting place to, to fill a gap in the market in order to help supply those operators with a travel site that can work for them as well. The other thing I would, I would question though is, I, I agree, you know, some of these folks have one or two you know, big players and then that's it. Um, I think they have one or two now and, and we can help support other businesses to start up. Um, and it goes back to the conversation of destination managers and you know how involved are they going to be at not only supporting existing businesses, but help identify missed opportunities and, and other services that can be offered as more people want to go to a destination, um, the one or two players may not be enough. Um, we certainly have seen this in in my business that I was with in Berlin, where you know we were we were doing bike tours at, at kind of the golden time, and there was this constant stream of people coming in, and you know it was only a certain amount of time before we started realizing, hey, there's now another bike tour company, and there's another tour company, and you know everyone starts starts creating new things, and for us, you know we didn't see it as you know oh boy someone's going to you know come into to play into our sandbox. It was more of no, this is, this is a pie that's getting bigger and bigger. And so it's less about slicing ever smaller portions for each person and more about, no, let, let's make the pie bigger. Let's realize that there is a market for more types of experiences um, and to really diversify what a destination can offer. And so I think Painted Circle's platform, by being more flexible, 
with how uh, businesses can sign up and, and, and keep it really simple as far as being able to, to set up your listing without needing product schedules and API connections. It's much easier to set up on Painted Circle because the goal, again, is to get the customer onto your website so that they book directly with you. And as a result, I think that we're going to fill a need uh, in many destinations where folks are not going to be able to fit into a traditional OTA, uh, but they're going to find a, a welcome home on Painted Circle. Just a couple of things on the demand that you mentioned there, just for our, for our listeners. Demand and travel is not an issue medium to long term. I do think there's a challenge 2023 coming uh, due to inflation, due to cost of living. I think 2023 is going to be quite a challenging year after a a bit of a crazy year for several destinations in 2022. However, long-term demand, medium-term demand is not an issue. There's 1.5 billion people coming into the middle class uh, from various destinations around the world. Therefore, demand, managing that demand is tourism's biggest challenge, not creating demand for tourism product or tourism experiences. By far, our biggest challenge as an industry going through is how are we going to manage another 1.5 billion people wanting to get on planes and travel around the world in a sustainable manner that delivers good experiences and, and all the things we've been discussing here, uh, doing good for the destinations, doing good for the community and giving good quality experiences at the same time. And many of us are seeing at the moment, I've been traveling for months, I'm traveling around the north of England at the moment. Because demand has come back and we're not ready to manage it, we're not managing it very well. So simple things like restaurants not having staff, bars not having staff, transport not having staff. In the UK at the moment, lots of flights being cancelled. Although it's only a small percentage of flights, if you take the whole number, it's still tens of thousands of people not getting on planes because we haven't got the right infrastructure in place to manage what we have at the moment, lay across over the next 10 years another 1.5 billion people. And I, I, I'm not a mathematician, but them numbers start to make things creak in my mind. Things are not really, really going to stack up unless we all do something to, to manage this better. So I just want to wrap up now, Charles, and just give you a final say on two things. Is What's your two main challenges and what can the tourpreneur community do to help you with your challenges? Challenge number one is obviously getting the word out. You know, we are in a crowded marketplace. Uh, and Painted Circle is doing things a bit differently. And so communicating that message that we are not just one more travel site to work with, we have a fundamentally different business model that does not extract a commission from you. And there's a way that we can, we can structure that and still survive financially. That's a different message. And so there's a challenge reaching folks um, and particularly right now, reaching folks when everyone is swamped, um, not necessarily because they have the same number of customers as they had before the pandemic, but because they have you know, a skeleton crew working for them. And so I'm aware, uh, you know, very, very aware of the challenges operators are going through right now as far as how much time and bandwidth they have uh, to give to new projects. Um, so the first challenge is, is getting that message across that this is new, it's different, and it's fast and easy to, to get involved. It requires very little um, ongoing maintenance uh, for you to, to work with Painted Circle. Um, 
for the tourpreneur community, uh, check out paintedcircle.com. Um, I am absolutely loving the conversations that I am having with operators, even those operators who are in markets that we are unlikely to be able to open a package for on the near term, because I'm learning a tremendous amount from them. Um, and we're also able to get their businesses onto the platform so that they're visible and they're discoverable and um, can start to work through a lot of different ideas and, and really share some experience. So check out paintedcircle.com. There's a partner page. So if you are a tour operator, a nonprofit, a community, a promoter, um, our partner page is a way that you can learn more about what we're doing and connect with me. This is a, this is a passion project that, that I am committed to. And so for anyone who wants to know more and they're not finding that on the website or they just want to ask some questions, um, I am, I am here and excited to talk to operators who think that they may be interested or they may have a different challenge that we can start to look at to see if there's a way that we can start to support um, a business in a way that we haven't started to incorporate yet. So help get the word out, check out the site and get in touch. You know, let, let's get your business signed up. It may not move the needle for you this year, um, but I would love for anyone who shares this idea that we should be passionate about what we're doing. We should take our travel businesses personally, that this is more than just a numbers game. This is, there's a purpose and a vision to what we do uh, with our travel businesses. If you share that vision, then let's get you signed up because this is the place for you to be. And if we, if we circle up, then I think we really can start to move the needle collectively um, and make a difference. So there you have it, Tupreneur community, all 4,000 plus of you. If you agree with Charles and Painted Circle and you want to start doing tourism better, please get in touch with Charles, reach out on LinkedIn, Facebook. Please visit his website, Painted Circle, and let's all start engaging on this conversation about doing tourism better. Thank you very much for your time today, Charles. That was great. You got it. Thanks so much, Pete.